3: And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.
4: You are listening to RotoViz Radio, a fantasy football podcast with your host, Matthew Friedman.
5: Hey everyone, I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle of the Action Network in RotoViz. Welcome to a special edition of RotoViz Radio. Today we are talking about the San Francisco 49ers. In between the NFL combine and the draft, I am interviewing beat reporters for every franchise, 32 teams, 32 beat reporters, and 32 episodes. We are covering team needs, free agency, draft rumors, basically everything between now and day one of the draft. For this episode, I'm joined by Grant Cohn of the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. He's been covering the 49ers as a beat reporter since 2011. In this episode, he talks with us about the players the 49ers could pursue in free agency, the team's running back situation, and some of the incoming rookies the 49ers should look to draft. Before we get to the guest, I would like to remind you that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the premium NFL content on the site and it supports the pod. All right, let's get to the guest. Please welcome to the show Grant Cone of the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. You can follow him on Twitter at Grant Cone. That's C-O-H-N. Follow him on Twitter where he provides up-to-the-minute news on anything and everything to do with the San Francisco 49ers. Grant, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm fantastic. It's a, a wonderful time of year. The Combine just ended, uh, and so we have six weeks of uh, just pure speculation as to what teams are going to do, and then the free agency period coming up, and then the draft, so a, a very exciting time looking forward. Uh, let's jump into it here. Uh, on February 9th, you wrote that the 49ers were hoping to attract more free agents with Jimmy Garoppolo under center and a uh, fantastic development uh for the the 49ers to have garoppolo there who are some of the 49ers um who are some of the players the 49ers are, are thinking about targeting
1: yeah that's a good question and I, I, when i when i wrote that i meant like top top name big name top of the market uh, free agents last year the niners signed a lot of guys but it wasn't those types i mean it was guys that shanahan had coached before uh, tim hightower brian hoyer and the biggest guy that got was pierre garçon another guy who knew Shanahan this year I think they can transcend that level they don't need familiarity to bring guys in I mean last year it was all about Shanahan he was the draw now you go to free agents and say look we got a quarterback we got a guy we think is as good as any quarterback in the league we think we're going to be competitive uh do you want to come play with us I mean going to I'm talking about guys like Tremaine Johnson who are going to have offers from four or five different teams and it's not going to be money that really sways him it's going to be which situation do I like the best and the Niners feel like they can compete with anyone uh which is an interesting position to be in so if you look at those type of guys the names that I would I would put out um have to be at guard first because the Niners I mean if you're gonna you got to protect Jimmy Garoppolo look what happened to Andrew Luck look what happened to Aaron Rodgers you can't let that happen to your guy you can't have replacement players at guard I, they would have to look at Justin Pugh or Josh Sitton, those two guys. I would imagine that they will make competitive offers for them. Then at cornerback, they really have no one outside of Akella Witherspoon who they liked their rookie last year. So I think they're going to go after Tremaine Johnson, who I, he's old for a free agent cornerback. He's 28, and I've also heard that the Rams never really were quite sold on his work ethic, and that's why they never committed to him long-term. They wanted to go year year-to-year year for him to keep him motivated – so I'm not really sure if the Niners should go after Tremaine Johnson. If they can get him on some deal where they can kind of cut him after two years, give themselves an out, then yeah, go for it. He would be good. And the other one that I like would be Aqib Tlaib. Uh, it looks like the Broncos are going to cut him to try to make room for Kirk Cousins. That guy would fit. So those are those are big names. And then the smaller names would be like Taylor Gabriel, Paul Poslesny, Ryan Cushing, Jarek McKinnon. But we're talking about those marquee names. Uh, the the, looking cornerback and guard.
5: Yeah. So there are a number of, uh, of players the 49ers could go get. Of course, they also have uh, some of their own free agents who could be leaving. One of those is Carlos Hyde. Uh, You interviewed GM John Lynch, and he said that contract talks are still ongoing. What do you think ultimately is going to happen with Hyde? And uh, if he's not with the team, uh, do you have any idea on how the team feels about the trio of rookies they have, or I guess at this point, second-year players they have, Matt Breida, Joe Williams, and Jeremy McNichols?
1: Yeah, good question. To me, it seems like they like Hyde, and they made him an offer, and Hyde thinks he can get a better one on the open market. And I think he probably will get a better one on the open market because Hyde's a very good player, and he really isn't what Kyle Shanahan looks for in a running back. They never were a good fit for each other, um, Shanahan got the most out of Hyde as a receiver, but Hyde could be a pro bowler. If he went to a team that features the shotgun more, I mean, he's so good out of the shotgun. If you look at his splits for his career, it's like five yards of carry out of the shotgun and three yards of carry out of the, uh, when the quarterback's under center, it's dramatic. Uh, it's what he was good at in college. It's what he was good at with, Carl, with, uh, Colin Kaepernick. So I think he could go to a place like green Bay or Seattle and get a lot of money. Uh, I don't think the Niners would probably be willing to pay him any more than four million a year, maybe five. And I think he'll, he'll beat that. So then you look at the, uh, the, the the young guys the Niners have, and I guess a lot of people sort of expect the Niners either to sign Hyde or someone else for a lot of money. But let's go guy by guy. Matt Breida first. He was the tender pace back last year, and he was really good. You know, as opposed to Hyde, Breida averaged four point five yards per carry when the quarterback was under center. He has all the explosion and speed and quickness that Shanahan wants from a running back. He's small, but Shanahan doesn't mind that he had small running backs in Atlanta. He likes to use a committee of change of pace backs. By the end of the season, when Garoppolo was the quarterback, Breida was getting 12 carries a game and, and running really well. I think he's probably earned a bigger workload. And I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan gives Breida an opportunity to be the starter next year and to carry the ball 15 times a game with 15 times per game which is what Devontae Freeman, uh, that was his workload in 2016 when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. So I think Brita could get an increased workload. And then you look at Joe Williams, Shanahan loved him last year, spent the fourth round pick on him, took him before George Kittle, took him before Trent Taylor, guys he likes guys who produced Uh, Shanahan said he'd be sick if he didn't get Joe Williams. Joe Williams had an ankle injury when they took him. They knew that he was on IR for the year. I don't think they're going to give up on him. I think they're going to give him a chance to contribute. Um, I don't think they're going to count on him. He has to earn it, but I think they're going to give him any, every opportunity. I expect he will make the team and probably be the change of pace back, the Tevin Coleman getting about nine carries a game. And then after that, you're looking at who's going to be the third down back, the, the, the receiver out of the backfield, the Chris Thompson type. And I don't really think that's Breeda or Williams. Neither one's a, a real natural receiver, but Mostert could be that guy. I think most of it's really interesting. If you go back and watch his preseason tape from last year, he was fantastic. He's not only a good running back, but he's a good special teams player. One of the best special teams players on the Niners. He's the kind of guy who could catch a screen in the flat on third and 23 and pick up the first down. And that's a skill set Kyle Shanahan wants. Remember he drafted Chris Thompson when he was with the uh, Redskins in 2013. So I think all three of those guys could make the team. Probably McNichols would be on the practice squad. And then, the Niners will bring two more running backs to camp. They'll probably sign a veteran that they'd be okay to cut, someone like Jamal Charles. Um, and then they'll probably draft someone late or bring in someone as an undrafted free agent.
5: So thinking about some of the uh, the positions of need for the team, uh, one kind of big picture, what do you think those are? And then what are the athletic traits that the uh, the organization seems to value for those positions?
1: Yeah, good question. Um Whew, the Niners have a whole lot of needs for a team that finished hot. Uh, they they need a Leo, and that's that's like a it's a particular type of defensive end. It's more like an, a three four outside linebacker. Uh, that guy's usually about 250 pounds, maybe six two, six three, and the the ten yard split number is key. Uh, it's not so much about the forty. It's how fast can you run the ten yard split? They got to be. They got to be sub 165. If you look at all the good Leos around the league in these Pete Carroll defenses, it's sub 165. They got to be strong. They got to be somewhat fluid, but those are the key numbers. Uh, instead of having the tall six foot five guys, Pete Carroll likes the guys who can dip underneath the hands of an offensive tackle and get around the edge. It's a different style. Um, that's what they're looking for there. Then at uh, wide receiver, I mean, it depends on which one you're talking about. You're talking slanker, split end, slot. I think most people think the Niners are looking for a flanker because Pierre Garcon's almost 32, a possession receiver. So that's a guy who's at least 210 pounds, a guy who can go over the middle, catch the ball, take a hit, and not get injured. So he's got to be big and tough. He doesn't have to be fast. He, a four-five-five five is fine, but he's got to be quick, really, really quick, uh, both in the shuttle and the and the three cone drill. He's got to be able to jump high. He's got to have everything but speed, basically. So that's like Cortland Sutton, um, guys like that, and then other needs cornerback. This is almost the most specific you've heard it a lot from these Seahawk type defenses. They got to be six feet tall. They got to have 32 inch arms. No, no shorter than 32 because uh, they have to be able to press receivers. They have to be off the charts, quick off the charts, explosive. Um, Akello Witherspoon met all these criteria last year. And there's very few corners in this year's draft that hit those numbers at the combine. We'll see it at at the pro day. So those are three positions. Then, Middle linebackers uh, a need now that Ruben Foster may get suspended. Um, the Niners and these these Seattle Seahawk type defenses like speed there. So we're talking no slower than four six, ideally in the four fives, um, and then no no smaller than two twenty nine pounds. And then a weak side linebacker you can go a little bit smaller, but they want a lot of speed there, like four four speed, uh, Malcolm Smith, Tevin, Telvin Smith, those kind of guys. Um, and then guard guard is the biggest need in my opinion and. Shanahan has, is very particular about guards. He likes, he likes small ones. He usually goes no bigger than 305 pounds, and he wants guys who can run. And that's kind of an interesting dilemma because the best, the best guards in this draft are big, uh, Quentin Nelson and Will Hernandez. And what Shanahan has to figure out is if either one fits his scheme, and I think both of them do. I think Shanahan can go with a little bit bigger of a guard, and I think he actually should. I think I don't know if I'm getting ahead of getting ahead of ourselves here, but Quentin Nelson and, and uh, Will Hernandez are two of the guys that Shanahan needs to look at the the closest in the next couple of months.
5: Yeah, let's continue to talk about them, especially because the the 49ers now with the the coin flip that they had with the uh, the Oakland Raiders to see who would get the ninth pick and the tenth pick in the first round. Um, the the 49ers I believe won that coin flip, so they have the ninth pick. Uh, it's possible that they could get uh, Nelson in that range, but if not, there's uh Hernandez who potentially could go there. Although that, that feels like that might be high for him, but yeah, talk about those, those guards a little bit. And then also uh, Connor Williams, who's someone uh, tackle, maybe a guard. What are your thoughts on these guys? Sure. Sure. So here's what I think
1: the Niners have to do. I think this is really what they have to do. Um, they got to get a guard in the first round. You need a starter. You can't mess around. Uh, Signing Justin Pugh would be great. They still need another guard. Um, so the way I look at it is that at nine, they're in a position to do two things. They could trade up a couple of spots for Quentin Nelson. He probably won't be there at nine, but he might be there at seven, and maybe they could give up a fourth-round pick or, or give up a late-round pick and get one back. Make a, make a little move to just jump, jump ahead of the Bears, who would probably take Nelson. The Bears lost Josh Stitt, and they need guard. So I think the Niners would have to get ahead of them just move up a couple of spots like they did last year to get Solomon Thomas. Um, that's doable. And I think that's the move they should do because Quentin Nelson, in my, in my opinion, is the best player in the draft. Uh, maybe the second best uh, behind uh, Saquon Barkley. But he is not only uh, is he a good run blocker, but if the, think about it this way. If the Niners are going to win the NFC West, they got to go through the Rams. And if you're going to beat the Rams and take down the Rams, you got to have some type of answer for Aaron Donald and Quentin Nelson is that answer. Both uh, in the run game, both in the run game, and in the pass game, and in the past games. he could hold his ground. He could keep Aaron Donald out of Garoppolo's face. So that's the that's that's Plan A to me. And then Plan B, if you just can't trade up, if no one, I mean, if if there's no trade partner available, and someone really wants Nelson and he's gone, then the Niners got to trade down, and then they could take three guys: Isaiah Wynn, a guard from Georgia who didn't test at the combine; uh, Will Hernandez, who tested off the charts. And Connor Williams, who is a tackle, but uh, is, he's 296 pounds. He's got really thick legs. He's a really athletic player. Um, he could play guard. He could play right guard as a rookie, and then you could move him to right tackle later on if Trent Brown doesn't work out. And I know the Niners say nice things about Trent Brown, and he does. Uh, he's a good pass protector sometimes, but he's huge. He's like 360 pounds. He's not a good fit for the zone blocking scheme. He's slow. And uh, I don't think they the Niners really want to commit to him long term yet, or are sold on him yet. He he also has a, a shoulder injury that he's rehabbing right now, so it's possible that the Niners feel that they have a real need at tackle um, that the general public isn't aware of. And if that's the case, they could take Williams, play him at guard early, and then move him to tackle in a couple of years. It's something to think about.
5: Yeah, interesting stuff there. Uh, for everyone who's interested, Grant wrote a uh, a piece just after the combine about 10 players who could fit into the scheme for the, uh, the 49ers. So everyone check that out. Um, let's talk, let's transition from offense to, to defense. Uh, Reuben Foster, uh, a great on field talent, uh, <laughs> off the field. There have been some issues and, uh, John Lynch has, you know, admitted or, uh, maybe intimated that, uh, perhaps right. if, if he could right. do things differently, maybe they wouldn't have drafted Reuben Foster, uh, what are your thoughts right now on how the 49ers are going to approach the situation with their middle linebacker?
1: Yeah, I mean they have
5: to operate as
1: if they're not going to have with Foster. You can't count on him anymore. So if they have him, he's that's gravy. Uh, he, he can start. He's always welcome to play for the 49ers. But they have to have a backup plan in case the NFL suspends him, or he gets arrested again, or he goes down the Alden Smith path, or whatever. I mean, you just don't know. So you need a backup plan, and that's tough because. Reuben Foster isn't the kind of guy you just replace. I mean, we saw it last year. He is way better than Solomon Thomas. I mean, if Ruben Foster hadn't had the off-field issues that he has, he probably would have been, what, the third pick in the draft, the second pick in the draft? He's that good. He can play all three three downs. He hits really hard. He's fast. He can cover. Um, so you can't just replace him with one guy. That's, that's the position the Niners are in. They have to keep him on the roster and find two replacements. And a guy who could – do what Foster does on first and second down against the run, and then do what Foster does on third down against the pass. So the way I look at it is in free agency, you got a couple of options. you got uh, Brian Cushing, who's not ideal, but um, he fits the profile athletically at least, even though he's been suspended about a thousand times for PDs. Uh, so there's him, and then there's Paul Posluszny, who's a little bit older than Cushing, played uh, under Robert Sala, the Niners' defensive coordinator in Jacksonville, knows the system, fits the system, has had a bunch of uh, concussions, also not ideal. Um, then in the draft, there are, a, there are um, smaller guys, more athletic guys who could cover. I'm thinking Oren Burks from Vanderbilt in the middle rounds and Matthew Thomas Lake from Florida State. So they can sort of try to piece together a platoon, but no matter what they do, it's really a uh, – non-ideal situation that they put themselves... I don't blame Ruben Foster. I mean, he is exactly who he was advertised to be. The Niners uh, convinced themselves that he was something, something other, something different, and uh, they learned their lesson. Um, but the one guy I want to mention before we get off this topic is Shakeem Griffin. Did I pronounce his name correctly? Shakeem. Yeah, he's really interesting. Now, for the Niners, he'd be a weak side linebacker. He's a little small. But if you're trying to replace Ruben Foster, you could use Griffin as a passing-down linebacker, He'd be great at that. I mean, that's a guy that I think the Niners could and maybe will draft in the 3rd round. He he is uh exactly what they what they look for. I mean, he has all the athletic traits. I don't think they would mind at all about his hand. Um he can tackle. He can tackle uh with with one hand. I don't I don't think you really actually need two hands to be an effective linebacker. Um just from what I've uh learned and from the people I've spoke to around the league they're very excited about him. I think that's going to be a guy that the Niners could target in the third round to pair with Reuben Foster and potentially replace him in certain situations if Foster gets
5: suspended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, you know, For for people who watch some of the combine and could see uh, Griffin going through his drills, uh, just fantastic. Uh, a high-motor guy, but then also a, a fantastic athlete. Ran the 40 much faster than people thought he would. Uh, so, uh, great athleticism there. People are talking about him now as, uh, you know, maybe a a mid round pick third to fourth round. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think whatever team gets him, I think they're going to be getting a a guy who's, uh, you know, pretty impressive. Are there any other defensive players in that, uh, maybe middle round range or maybe even, you know, in, in the first or second round, uh, any defensive players that you think could fit in really well with what the 49ers are trying to do? Oh, yeah. No question.
1: Let me go through them one by one. Um, so I would start with Harold Landry, the the defensive end from Boston College. The Niners need a Leo, so they're looking for their Von Miller, their Yannick Ngakwe, uh Vic Beasley. You know what I'm saying? That guy. Um, and they don't have him. Right now they have Cassius Marsh and Eric Armstead. Uh, so, Harold Landry actually is exactly what you look for. He's 6'3, 252. He's strong. He, he converts speed to power. He bends the edge. He does all those little uh, 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 football speak things that you have to do. He's fast, explosive, quick. He would be available at the end of round one. Uh, he would be a guy they could target if they traded down. But again, in that scenario, if I were them, I'd take a guard, not Harold Landry. But he's a guy who fits. If they sign two guards in free agency and don't need a guard in the draft, Landry is right up there out he'd be perfect for them um another guy maybe under the radar at Leo is a guy named Kylie Fitz he went to Utah he was hurt a lot the last two years but as a sophomore he had seven sacks uh athletically he fits the profile Kylie Fitz keep keep him in mind and then Hercules Mata'afa uh from Washington State 10 and a half sacks last year played defensive tackle a guy who could transition to uh Leo those are the three guys at that spot at cornerback that's a tough one because a lot of the corners either didn't finish their didn't do all the speed testing or the agility testing. I don't want to sound like I base all my stuff on the, on numbers, but it's a, you can tell it's, it's a fact that the Niners use these things as sort of like a baseline. Like they won't consider people who don't meet these numbers. And then once they have the list of names, who do meet their baseline criteria, then they'll look at the tape and figure out which ones they like the best, but they're not going to compromise or uh, break their, their um, standards of uh, testing for, for anything. They're very, very strict on when and where they take certain athletes. So um, that's why I'm saying, look, we need, to, we need to see what a lot of these guys do with the pro day because the Niners are thinking the same thing. Um, they're not just going to go straight off the tape. So these are guys who have revealed a lot at the combine, who've done all their shuttles and three cones and, and, and things like that. Um, so a cornerback who fits everything is Holton Hill from, uh, from Texas. He's 6'3". He has 32-inch arms. He's, very, he's got 4'4 speed. He's got quickness. Uh, everything. He, he checks every, every box. He would be available in the third round, just like a Keller last year. Um, And then Justin Reed, the Eric Reed's little brother. I don't know if the Niners feel they need a a free safety because Adrian Colbert was pretty good last year, but Justin Reed would be a whole, a whole different level than Adrian Colbert. He's got, he's got four, four flat speed. Um, He's like Eric Reed, but way better. And they could play together. So those are, those are some, uh, some names I've got. And the last name I would mention, um, Marcus Davenport. Yeah, he's got. He looks like, to me, he looks like Miles Garrett. He's big like that. He's got. He can do the speed to power. Um, but the Niners usually want smaller guys, the guys who can get low. Uh, you know, like Elvis Doomerville, like five eleven. This guy's six six. I don't know if the Niners would would go for a six edge rusher. Although last year they said they definitely would have drafted Miles Garrett had he been available. So I'm not sure how strict they are on the height. Uh, Davenport seems to me like a guy who's going to be a very effective pass rusher in the NFL. I don't see why you would pass up on him. So
5: that's another name to keep in mind. And also there's the desire to, uh, now that they have the franchise quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, to surround him with some talent uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And maybe some of those guys will come uh, with top 100 picks. You mentioned in your article uh, a few guys – Cortland Sutton, D.J. Moore, two wide receivers who are uh, kind of on the the first round, second round border. And then also uh, Mike Isicki, tight end from Penn State, who absolutely tore up the combine and looked like maybe the most athletic tight end since Vernon Davis, Uh, you know, another 49er there. Um, What are your thoughts on those guys and how they might fit in? Well, I think they'd be fantastic. I mean,
1: let me tell you why I I named them. Let's start with Sutton first. I mentioned earlier the Niners probably looking for an heir apparent to Pierre Garçon, um, either for this year or next year. I mean, Garçon's coming off a broken neck. We really don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see it during OTAs what he can do. But assuming he can, he can come back this year, you still probably have to replace him next year. So Shanahan, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan has a very specific profile at flanker. Or, or you could call it whatever. I mean, uh, it could be the flanker sometimes or the split end. It's the possession receiver. And what I'm talking – the profile is – Garcon, Mohamed Sanu, Miles Austin—these are guys that have done that role uh, for Kyle Shanahan. And it's always a guy who's about height doesn't really matter. Maybe six feet five, eleven at the lowest, but two ten. You got to be two ten. You got to you got to be no slower than four five five. You got to be quick. You got to be strong. You got to be able to jump. So Cortland Sutton knocked out all of those uh, requirements. I'm sure the Niners. Would love him but he's going to be probably a first like a, a high second round pick niners don't have a high second round pick they got a late two so he may not be available um the other one uh Moore, dj Moore, he was even more athletic than sudden he could he's big enough to play fa- flanker he's fast enough to play split end he could play any position for the 49ers but that's another guy whose stock is is rising um if they're looking for a split end a speed guy to potentially replace marquise goodwin then there's dj Chark. He was fit. Um, that's a guy that comes to mind. And then the reason I mentioned the tight ends was because Shanahan was talking about Kittle at the combine. And Kittle, he, he said, the, fast, uh, the most athletic uh, tight end since Vernon Davis. Well, I think Kittle actually compares pretty well to Kosicki, um, which is neither here nor there. But Shanahan, what he said is that Kittle, he really likes Kittle, sees him as a three-down tight end, but injuries could be an issue for him. And then he left on a very ominous note, and he says, that's really going to be up to God. So it makes me think that Shanahan really doesn't know if he can count on Kittle, uh, on Kittle's body to hold up and maybe thinking he needs some insurance there. So Gasicki is a guy who is obviously uh, really talented, probably going to be a second round pick. If the Niners can't get him, I, I pointed out Schultz, Dalton Schultz from Stanford. Uh, that could be a third round pick and he's not fast like Gasicki, but he's a better blocker and he's very fluid. Uh, sort of reminds me of Jordan Reed, but a better blocker. Um, so So those are some names. And then at at running back, you know, the Niners may need someone if they lose Carlos Hyde. I I said Breida could start, but you know, if if Saquon Barkley were to follow the ninth pick, which he won't, but if he were to, the Niners would definitely take him. I don't think there would be any hesitation. He is a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan. He's got the speed. He's got the ability to make the explosive cuts off one foot for the outside zone. And he catches passes. I mean, no brainer. They take Saquon Barkley, uh, and then maybe in the second round, if Ronald Zones were available, they would consider him too because he's got that speed. Shanahan really isn't interested in a, in a running back before the fifth round unless he's extremely fast. Because Shanahan's, Shanahan's philosophy attitude is, you know, why would I spend a second or third round pick on a 4-5 running back when I could get a comparable guy in the, fifth or, in the sixth or seventh round who no one's heard of? Uh, and, and him and his father have proven they can do that over and over again. Um so if they don't get if they don't get Barkley or Jones, I don't think I don't see him going after Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb or any of these guys who ran four, five, three, just because Shanahan has the mentality that he can find similar guys later. And I've mentioned a couple of guys uh that I've identified that fit that late round um uh model. Uh, I don't know if you want to get to them yet, but I, I mentioned them in my article.
5: Yeah, let's definitely get to them. And one quick thing on Sutton and uh, DJ Moore. Uh, like you, I'm very intrigued by those guys. I know that a number of people have Calvin Ridley rated uh, as the number one receiver ahead of those two, but I actually have them uh, as the, the top two receivers uh, in my rankings. So, uh, yeah, it would be really interesting to see how they could do with Shanahan. Yeah, Ridley was interesting, but, I mean,
1: where would you play him? I mean, he's smaller, so I don't think he'd be your possession receiver. He'd be more of your speed guy, but then as a speed guy, he's not that fast. I mean, he's fast enough, but he's not like four, three, five. So, I mean, he doesn't seem like, I guess the way Shanahan would put it is he talks about unique traits. When he drafted Joe Williams, he went on and on about how unique Joe Williams is. You don't just find guys with those type of traits all the time. I, think, I don't think Calvin Ridley is that unique. I mean, he's good. But I don't think he's Marvin Harrison. I don't think he's you know. you can you can find guys like Calvin Ridley. So I mean, um, can you find guys like Cortland Sutton? Yeah, you can find guys like that too. But I think they're sort of, to me, they're both kind of late first round picks. Not a guy you would take in the top ten.
5: Yeah, let's let's talk about the the running backs that you were teasing there. Uh, Chase Edmonds, <clears throat> Ryan Nall, both guys likely to be selected on day three. Um, I mean, if they're selected at all, Ryan all might not be. But uh, what are your thoughts on them? Okay,
1: so they have different skill sets. But what they have in common is they both are extremely agile. And they both uh, have really good times on the 20-yard shuttle, which sounds uh, trivial. But if you go back and look at Shanahan's history with running backs, he has this magic number of 419 on the, on the 20-yard shuttle. Alfred Morris hit it, and that was sort of like, that was sort of like, um, uh, it revealed what Morris could do well, which was make one-footed cuts quickly on uh, outside zone plays. I mean, that's what you have to do with Shanahan's offense. You you run down the line, and when you see the hole, you explode off of one foot, and uh, that's what the 20-yard fiddle tests. So, you'll see, the guy he takes knocked that out of the park. Joe Williams had the the, the best time in the 20-yard uh, shuttle last year, and, and Shanahan said it's rare to find a guy who can do that drill well and the 40-yard dash well because if, if you have straight line speed, usually you can't change directions. Rare to do both. So Chase Edmonds, when you find these guys in the late rounds, they're not fast. Um, Alfred Morris wasn't fast. Chase Edmonds, 455, but he's very quick, and he can catch passes. He, he can run routes almost like a slot receiver. In fact, certain teams were working him out as a slot receiver. So the way I look at him is, He could be a Deion Lewis type, a James White type, maybe even a Devontae Freeman type. I mean, he's about the same size and and speed and quickness as that. That's how Shanahan could use him. So instead of spending a lot of money for Deion Lewis, who's going to be very popular in free agency, why don't you just get the next Deion Lewis in the sixth round? That's what Chase Edmonds would be to me. And then Ryan Nall, he also is quick, but he's 235 pounds. I mean, this guy is like – uh, more like Alfred Morris, um, a guy you could give the ball to between the tackles and would be a good complement to the smaller backs like Breida and Mostert and Joe Williams. Um, also, he plays special teams. He could probably even be a backup fullback if you needed him to be. But, uh, again, he ran, ran the 20-yard shuttle in less than 4.2 seconds. He moves extremely quickly. Um, he fits the scheme. Those are the two guys that I, uh, that I identified as as the sort of late round gems that Shanahan and his father have been able to find since 19, what, 94.
5: Uh, you know, I, I love the analysis on those guys. Edmonds uh, in both agility drills was the fastest uh, guy uh, in the running back group there. And then Null, uh, as you, as you touched on uh big guy, great size, uh, but good agility for his size, surprisingly good agility for his size. And also a a pretty competent pass catcher in his uh two, uh, seasons as the starter at Oregon State uh, so someone who who could do a number of things uh, for that offense if they wanted him to yeah I think he I mean
1: he'll be available in the sixth or seventh round or he may even be a, a priority free agent um, he's someone that would be a, a minimal investment and could potentially be a uh, a very nice addition to the team and if you go back and look at the undrafted guys the Niners brought in last year Breda, for example or Kendrick Bourne Um, What they had in common is they were just extremely agile. They really did well on the agility scores. It seems like Shanahan um, values those uh, very highly with his skill position players. He values the shuttle for running backs, and he values the three-cone drill for wide receivers and cornerbacks. And you can just go through his history. It pretty much holds up. Um, So that's what I'm looking for right now.
0: Easy parking with Easy Trip. Now available at Dundrum Town Center. So, you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens.
4: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
5: Besides DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton, are there any wide receivers who really caught your eye in terms of thinking of like, wow, this guy could fit in this specific role with the 49ers? Yeah,
1: well, I didn't really look at slot receivers because I think they have their their guy. They have their ideal guy in Trent Trent Taylor. Um, And then I really focused on flankers because I feel like that's the obvious way that's the obvious direction they're going to go. Um, but they do need – they could use another split end, another speed guy, uh, because as much as – as well as Marquise Goodwin played last year, he hasn't done it that much. And um, it couldn't hurt to have a, a little insurance policy behind him. Currently the backup there is Aldrich Robinson, who didn't play well last year and is getting into his 30s. Uh, what the Niners could do is they could draft a guy like DJ Chark, who I mentioned earlier. Um, they could uh, – they could drive, draft draft Dion Kane. He's another guy who would fit their their role as a as a speed guy. But I think I mean, I didn't really see any guys who have that four three speed and that six, six, three cone that uh Marquise Goodwin have. I mean, that's that, that uh Taylor Gabriel has. I mean, that's the kind of guy that Shanahan wants as a speed receiver. He doesn't really care about size, he doesn't really care about strength, he just wants you to be the fastest guy on the field. He wants you to scare the other team. And um, I didn't see a lot of guys like that at the Combine. Uh, we'll see after pro days. But to me, I think what, the, what Shanahan's going to do is I think he's going to sign Taylor Gabriel. Um, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, uh, Sartesian didn't know what to do with him. Shanahan made him very effective. Uh, I don't think Gabriel's going to get a starting job from, from anyone on the open market. I think he'd be uh, open to reuniting with Shanahan. And I think Shanahan would see him as a cheap, uh, potentially big time addition as a third or fourth receiver. So that's the way I think they're going to go speed wise. Um, but what I'm focused on is who is that third round, fourth round air parent they're going to draft for Pierre Garcon. And it may not be Sutton. Sutton may, may be a second round pick. So then at that if you're looking at the third round, now you're looking at guys who maybe underperformed at the combine, like Marcel Aitman from Oklahoma State, and could uh, potentially beat those numbers at the pro day because coaches don't care if you, you know, where you ran your fastest, they just want to know how fast you can run. And if you, if you do it at the pro day, then you do it at your pro day. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mitigating factors with the combine. It's a grind. Kids are sleep deprived. Sometimes they don't run the best. And, and another thing, uh, the, the 40 yard dash is a track event. I mean, it takes skill. It takes techniques. It takes practice. These kids aren't necessarily track athletes. They'll get better at it, better at it in time as they practice. So, Um, these just, you know, the, the scouting process is not over at all. The pro days are very important. And as that uh, information trickles out,
5: um, it'll be something to follow. Sure. Great. This has been uh, a lot of fun. One last question here about the quarterback position. Obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is holding down the starting spot, but after him uh, it's, it's a little dicey. Um, You know, CJ Beathard was, uh, I mean, competent as a rookie, uh, you know, Given his draft range, but you know uh, the question is, are the Forty ers looking for him uh, to stay at the backup? Are they looking to bring in a veteran, or maybe even looking to draft another guy that they can maybe develop behind Garoppolo?
1: That's a good question. I can't I can't read Kyle Shanahan's mind on this one. Um, I mean, obviously he's he handpicked both of, his, of, of these quarterbacks, Garoppolo and Bethard, so he's optimistic about him. But as optimistic as, as Shanahan is. Even he has to admit that he can't know for sure. Uh, Garoppolo started seven games and has started five uh, as promising as they may have been. There's still very small sample sizes. And, and to me, Beathard wasn't that promising. I mean, he didn't show much of anything other than an ability to survive. I, I mean, he, he was on a bad team. He didn't get hurt, but his quarterback rating was in the sixties. He didn't do much. Um, and Garoppolo was fantastic. Obviously he was on fire, but uh, still, the way I look at it is the Niners should seriously consider drafting a quarterback in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. If they find one that they feel is worth developing because at, at, uh, at, I don't know how, how to put this. Um, at minimum they could develop him and trade him for draft picks like the Patriots do. And at max, I mean, they, he could be a necessary, uh, fill in for Bethard or even Garoppolo if those two become, Uh, if they, if their career trajectory changes and they become busts. So who are they going to look at then? Not someone in the third round, someone later, um, someone to develop. And there's some names. I think they were linked to Kyle Lalletta from Richmond early, but he's, everyone likes him. I mean, even though he has a very weak arm, he's, uh, very athletic, smart. Uh, I've seen some people say he's going to be a second round pick, so I wouldn't draft him. I don't like him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be even, Available anyway. So the names that really the Niners can, can consider in the fifth round are Luke Falk from Washington State, um, Tanner Lee from Nebraska, and Mike White from Western Kentucky. Luke Falk, I liked before the combine, but he was, to me, alarmingly bad at the combine. I mean, he didn't run or do anything, he just threw and he missed. He was the worst thrower there. Um, and that and it brings you back to his tape. If you go back and watch, him in, in college I mean he please like 70% of his passes, but he rarely threw more than 10 yards down uh, past the line of scrimmage, a lot of bubble screens. And that's, and that's why uh these air raid guys have really, these, I don't think any quarterback that Mike Leach has ever coached has been good in the NFL. So probably not Luke Falk. I mean, for a lot of reasons. Then I look at Tanner Lee from Nebraska. Um, he's the kind of guy that Shanahan would like because he played in a pro style offense. He, uh, did play action passes. He turned his back to the defense. He can move. He can roll out and throw. Uh, he just isn't that good. He threw a lot of interceptions in college. He, he could probably get him as a as a priority free agent. The guy who I'm most intrigued with, and I think the Niners definitely should draft if he's available in the fifth round, is Mike White. I love this guy. I think he's fantastic. He's got an excellent arm. He's accurate. He was good in the senior bowl. He was really good in the senior bowl. I thought he was – him and Josh Allen were the best quarterback there better than Maker Bayfield. The only issue with Mike White is he's slow. He's like, he was the slowest quarterback at the combine. He ran 509, in the 40-yard dash. And if you go back and look through the years of Kyle Shanahan's quarterbacks, they're they're never that slow. I mean, they don't have to be fast, but even Matt Ryan wasn't that slow. So maybe, maybe Mike White doesn't fit. But if you go back and watch him play, I mean, he rolls out easily. He throws on the run easily. I don't think it's an issue. And I think what Shanahan has said in the past is a lot of times, lower uh, quarterbacks are more effective on that on that play action boot game because the defense doesn't expect him to run doesn't honor him as a runner in the first place um so that's the guy for me to watch he is such a natural thrower he used to be a a pitcher with a 90 mile an hour fastball got good feet can roll out um some people say he'll be a third round pick we'll see uh we'll see about that and if he is a third round pick then maybe the niners will have to wait and get bring someone in and bring someone in as an undrafted free agent you know You you can't always get what you want, but uh, there are some options out there if they're creative.
5: All right, Grant, this was fantastic. Thank you for all of your insight, and we hope to talk with you again as we get closer to the season. My pleasure, anytime. We just finished speaking with Grant Cohn, a 49ers beat writer for the Santa Rosa Press-Democrat. We covered a lot, Uh, Here are some general takeaways from the conversation. Uh, He mentioned the desire or maybe the potential for the 49ers um, to pursue some bigger free agents in comparison to the players they were able to acquire last year. Uh, The idea being that now with Jimmy Garoppolo under center with a team that uh, finished, you know, rather well uh, to, to end the season. I mean, lost uh, many games to begin the season, went on the five game winning streak to end the season with a team like that. They might be able to, uh, to persuade some free agents to view them as uh, a team that is maybe up and coming in the NFC West, instead of just the, uh, the doormat that they've been for the last few seasons. Uh, some of those bigger players, uh, at cornerback, specifically, Tremaine Johnson, Aqib Tlaib, one thing to keep in mind is that the, the 49ers were horrible uh, in the secondary last year, uh, and part of that is because they had some injuries, specifically at safety. Uh, I mean, they had three starting safeties who were out. Uh, Jimmy Ward, uh, Eric Reed, Jaquiski Uh at some point all those guys missed time. Um and then also the the cornerbacks they ended up trading one of them but they were just they were weak but with the returning um safeties that they should be getting back that secondary could be stronger and uh if they are able to add a key free agent uh and integrate him well into the defense what was a liability last year I wouldn't say it it could become a strength but it, it could at least maybe become something that's close to neutral and isn't something that and isn't something that is entirely exploitable. Uh, so that would be something to to watch, to keep in mind. Uh, he also mentioned the possibility of them acquiring a guard, um, someone to help shore up the offensive line to give Jimmy Garoppolo some more protection. Uh, that would obviously be a high priority for them. Uh, Justin Pugh was someone he mentioned, uh, Josh Sitton. Um, a number of, of guards are, uh, hitting free agency, uh, the top of them being Andrew Norwell, although there are reports that he might be going to the, uh, the giants. So, uh, something to, uh, to keep an eye on there. Um, he also mentioned the team's running back situation, uh, with Carlos Hyde in negotiations and, uh, potentially wanting more money than the 49ers are willing to pay. And I mean, as he mentioned, um, the team hasn't exactly been silent on how it feels about uh, Carlos Hyde, uh, both in terms of uh, how you know potentially they've leaked information to the media from the early days of the regime there to the fact that they were uh, starting to shift touches away from him and towards Matt Breida in the second half of the season. So I think Carlos Hyde is, uh, is going to be uh, with another team next year. Uh, which means that the team has a very intriguing running back situation for a couple of reasons. One, the, the players that they have there are all, uh, I think, high upside guys. But then two, just in that Shanahan system, uh, we've seen a lot of successful runners in the past. Um, and so I, I think from a, a real football perspective and from a fantasy football perspective, it's worth thinking about those guys. Uh, Matt Breida is the front runner, uh, had a pretty good college career, good athlete. Um, there's a question as to whether he can be a kind of a quote unquote complete back uh, given his size and that he's never been a incredibly strong receiver. Um, but he is definitely someone to keep in mind. Joe Williams, uh, you know, a darling in in last year's draft. Uh, Shanahan famously, you know, kind of like pounded the table for him. Um, Williams, had an inconsistent college career, uh, but at points was very productive in college and then uh, had some some great uh, straight line athleticism timed at the Combine. Um, I think he is someone who eventually could emerge as the Tevin Coleman type of player. Raheem Mostert is someone uh, who's also intriguing, highly productive at a small school, um, a preseason superstar for the, the people who play preseason DFS. Um, and he's done it with a number of teams. Um, he, it seems as if he's caught on with the 49ers. And it might be a situation where, uh, because he is a fairly complete player um, in terms of uh, three down ability, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, maybe at some point he could overtake uh, Breida or Williams, uh, but he doesn't have great athleticism. Uh, at the same time, within the Shanahan uh, zone blocking scheme, athleticism isn't something that is always a high priority. Um, Alfred Morris was able to have success, and he is a kind of famously unathletic player. Um, so Mostert has some potential, but the guy who really intrigues me uh, is Jeremy McNichols. Uh, coming from Boise State, he was highly productive, both as a runner and a receiver. Uh, one of the, the best receivers in his draft class last year, uh, drafted to the Bucks. who, uh, one, I don't think they're that great of an organization in terms of how they uh, scout talent and then prioritize talent once it's in the building. Uh, so they had a log jam at the running back position. Uh, McNichols, as many rookies do, struggled, uh, and he was uh, released from the team at final cuts, picked up by the 49ers. Uh, he might be a, a guy who's on the practice squad, but uh, he has pretty decent athleticism, and his college production speaks for itself. Uh, he, I mean, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's very Friedman to be like, yeah, the guy who's four string is the one I'm most interested in. Um, but he will be the cheapest out of all of them to acquire, especially you know, in a dynasty format. He's basically free. Um, but I think out of all of those guys, he's the one who if he finds a starting role could actually have the most potential. So I think, um, it's, you know, sort of like from a like financial perspective, uh, you know, he's like an option, you know, uh, you don't have to pay much to get him, but if he hits, uh, the rewards could be very big there. Uh, so he's someone to, to keep an eye on in terms of the running back situation. um, Grant also mentioned some of the incoming rookies that the 49ers could look to draft. And I think we could transition here uh, from the running backs in house to potential running backs. He mentioned, uh, Chase Edmonds, Ryan Nall. Both of those guys are intriguing just because of the, the runners that they have. they they have four second year runners, or sorry, three second year runners, and then Mostert, who uh is, is a veteran at this point, been in the league for a few years. But they have a a group of young guys, all of them are fairly capable. I don't know if the 49ers would really look to draft. Uh, another runner at this point just because it doesn't seem as if there's a need there but it is a pretty deep running back class and uh shanahan hasn't been shy about uh in the past at least expressing um desire for a runner if he sees a guy that he really likes so uh if he does see a guy he likes it's very possible that they they could get him and in this class there are some guys with a lot of potential who will probably be available on day three. Um, so chase Edmonds is really interesting. Uh, if there is a, a Tariq Cohen in this class, um, it is probably Edmonds just in terms of coming from a small school, uh, but having a lot of production there, uh, fantastic agility. He was, uh, the top performer at the running back position at the combine and the agility drills. Um, you know, very competent as a, a receiver, uh, which is important. And then Ryan Nall from Oregon state. He's someone who intrigues me. And, uh, I don't want to think of him before the combine. Uh, I was thinking of him as sort of probably Zach line, someone who would, you know, produce in college and I would get excited about, and then would break my heart with really poor combine numbers. Um, but that wasn't Nall like Nall actually had for his size, um, pretty good speed, pretty good agility. Um, and I think that that really kind of moves him from someone who has a future only as a fullback uh, to someone who could maybe do a little bit more. Uh, and the thing is the, the 49ers, I don't know if they really, if they need a player like Ryan Nall because they already have a player kind of like that in Kyle Jusick or however it is that you pronounce his name, Juicy. That's how, that's what we're going to call him. They already have a player like that, um, who went to the pro bowl, uh, and they've invested a lot in him. And I think Null would be that type of all around player. They could give him the ball some as a runner, uh, a capable receiver they could give him the ball out of the backfield. So there are some options there in the draft if the 49ers want to go that direction with the running back group, but um this will be for fantasy purposes one of the key situations to track during uh, during the off season because one of these guys is you know probably going to start the season as a you know a quote-unquote lead back. Uh, and lead backs in that Shanahan system have returned a lot of value. So this is definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Um, also, I mean, uh, Grant mentioned the wide receivers and it's, it's something to keep in mind. Garoppolo, uh, you know, we have a small sample, so you always have to say that, but Garoppolo has looked very hashtag good. So, uh, the wide receivers are people we want to keep an eye on. Uh, last year, Marquise Goodwin was, you know, the quote unquote wide receiver one for the 49ers amazingly. Um, and Garoppolo was still able to have success with that. Uh, if they upgrade through free agency, uh, in the, in the draft, some combination of the two, maybe Pierre Garcon returns and is uh, somewhat competent, maybe Trent Taylor playing in the slot actually progresses. Um, maybe Aldrick Robinson, Lord Aldrick Robinson, you know, maybe he, uh, He actually has his breakout season at the age of, I don't know, is it like 31 at this point? Um, And then maybe they add a guy in the draft. Maybe it is Cortland Sutton. Um, I I think Sutton is probably a first rounder, uh, but you never know. He might slip into the second round. And, uh, you know, the 49ers have a relatively high second round pick. DJ Moore is a guy who's on that kind of day one, day two borderline. Uh, I think either one of those guys would be fantastic options as it, as it just happens, as I mentioned earlier in the show, those are the two guys who are the highest in my rankings at fantasy labs. Um, and, uh, I know Anthony Amico has a wide receiver model that he is releasing in his updated. Uh, and I believe that, uh, DJ Moore will probably rank pretty highly in that model as well, just because of his, his age, his size, uh, the production that he had at Maryland, uh, so I think it is, it is probable that the 49ers will at some point add a wide receiver, whether that's day one, uh, more probably day two. Um, that is someone to keep an eye on, especially if it is one of those rookies who has the um, the, the profile of someone who could produce fairly quickly in the NFL, especially just given the the dearth of talent at the receiving position for the 49ers and the quarterback they have and the play caller that they have. Um and then uh one more situation to keep an eye on here with the guards. Uh Quentin Nelson uh is a guard Notre Dame uh but he is he's he's built uh and he's one of the the most technically sound offensive linemen in the draft. Um People are talking about a pure grade, about him being you know, a top three player in the class. No one wants to draft a guard with a top 10 pick, um, but people are starting to come around to it a little bit more, and the, the tackles in this class aren't quite as enticing as uh, maybe the, the tackle groups from previous groups. So uh, from previous classes, rather. So Quentin Nelson is someone who has a pretty decent chance of going in the top 10. Uh, But of course, you have teams picking high in the draft who need quarterbacks. So it is possible that we could see a quarterback run. Uh, Saquon Barkley is also going to go in the top five, most likely. Uh, Bradley Chubb uh, is a guy who could go in the top 10. So it is possible that Quentin Nelson, although he is um, you know, reportedly a top three talent that we could see him fall farther in the draft, uh, you know, to number nine, uh, to the 49ers, which is where I had him in the last mock draft. I'm, I will be updating that. And I don't know at this point, uh, I don't feel as certain about him falling that far. Uh, the bears certainly could take him at eight, but it is a possibility, uh, for the 49ers to get, you know, one of the best players in the class, with the ninth pick to get a lot of value with Quentin Nelson. And he is a guy who would instantly upgrade that offensive line. Uh, So that is something uh, to keep an eye on. So that's going to do it for this 49ers focused special edition of road radio. Be sure to check out the episodes for all the other teams on road and the podcast feed. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt at the Oracle. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rodoviz Podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colin Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Rodoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotovizcom podcast.
3: And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.
4: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.